Welcome once again to SoCo Chat, a podcast where we discuss all things concerning the county of Sonoma here in beautiful and sunny California. I'm your host, Paul Gullickson, Communications Manager for the County of Sonoma. Today, we have the great pleasure of having with us County Administrator Christina Rivetta, who is the top official of this largest employer in the county. We want to talk with her about her first year in this role. But before we do, we'd like to announce that we have a winner in last week's trivia question. The winner is Tracy Beards of Santa Rosa, who is a retiree in our community and a member of the of the Area Agency on Aging Advisory Council. Uh, Tracy correctly answered our question concerning the name and location of a ghost town here in Sonoma County that was once a small, thriving mining community. It actually had two businesses, a gas station and a local watering hole known as Hogs Back Tavern. The town's name was Mercuryville, named after the mercury ore that was mined in the area. And it was located in the the Mayacamas Mountains on Geysers Road, about 14 miles northeast of Geyserville. So for getting the correct answer, Tracy will receive one of our SoCo Chat mugs. Um, Be the first to answer today's SoCo Chat question, and you too will receive one of our limited edition coffee mugs. (laughs) At the end of our segment today, I'll let you know the the new trivia question, as well as how you can submit your answers. So please stay tuned. But for now, let me welcome Christina Rivetta. Christina, thank you for being here. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for inviting me. And just so that we have enough R's, I like to go with Maria Cristina Rivera. Maria Cristina, (laughs) really bad. I think that's wonderful. I love it. Maria is is a family name. Um, Maria is the name that you give every girl that has to be baptized. Okay. Yeah, you got to give them a Catholic name, you slap it in the front, and then you get creative. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for for correcting me on that. Well, let's start with a basic question. Sure. What do you do? Explain for our, I know mm-hmm. what you do, but I want you to explain to our listeners what you do and what does a typical day look like for you as county administrator? Certainly. Well, uh, as you said, I'm the county administrator. Um, my responsibility is to support the board of supervisors in implementing their policies mm-hmm. and implementing their priorities. And what that means is that as recommendations or initiatives start getting developed as the county administrator and as the county administrator team we do the appropriate analysis we make sure that the staff work is completed and that enough information is provided to the board so they can make a decision Mm -hmm. that includes providing alternatives Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. oftentimes the board may need some different versions of a way to move forward Mm -hmm. and so as the county administrator i ensure that the board has a enough information insufficient options to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so um, a typical day in, in the life of Cristina Rivera, Maria Cristina Rivera, <laughs> is um, mostly it's with meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first it may sound like, oh, well, then, uh, you know, I think there's some literature that says, you know, we meet too much and things like that. But um, I find it the most effective way to a, stay in touch with the board members mm-hmm. in terms of what's, you know, developing in their communities mm-hmm. that we may need to be apprised of and start getting ready for some solutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other things I value a ton with my meeting time is to um, converse and to collaborate with my peers, the other mm-hmm. department heads, because, uh, as you said, Paul, is the largest employer. We have about 21 operating departments, so mm-hmm. 21 leadership positions, and it's imperative that we 
spend most of our time collaborating with each other. And that's fortunately now after COVID, we can do a lot of that in person, which is my preference. Definitely. Yeah. Well, given that you have essentially five bosses, there must be a challenge sometimes to discerning clear direction because one might want to do something, maybe the other four don't. So trying to get a consensus about what what is the specific direction you've been asked to go, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it is a challenge, but it's also part of the, um, the appeal of the job. Mm-hmm. And that is because... We are in a democratic system where you have five elected board members. And in our case, in mm-hmm. the case of County of Sonoma, we were very lucky because we have five very intelligent, informed, mm-hmm. and engaged board members. And so to your question about, you know, discerning mm-hmm. the direction of the way that the work should go, um, it comes with, you know, report, relationship building, me also having opportunities to meet with leaders in their own community mm-hmm. so that I can start gathering some of the information as well. And um, consensus is nice, yeah. but it's not a must, yeah. right? So um, the opportunity to listen to board members, understand their interests and priorities, starts informing my ability to come up with, as I said at the beginning, a solution, but also with some alternative solutions yeah. that may hopefully um, give them a choice by which a policy decision they can all live with, yeah. right? Yeah. And that comes, again, with um, understanding their communities, keeping in mind our strategic plan that the board has put in place. We're in our second year. And then understanding from departments what sort of like um, on-the-ground information is out there mm-hmm. so that I can try to facilitate. It's almost like an orchestra conductor, right. yeah. you know? Good. Uh, facilitate analogy. facilitate a sheet of music by which we all can converse right. and move forward. Yeah, and making sure we're all working off the same score. Right. Well, that right. just underscores the value <laughs> and importance of those meetings, uh, exactly. which, which you, as you know, you have every day. Yeah. Well, let's. Um, I want to. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about your job a little bit later, but I'd mm-hmm. like to get to more of the personal side. Sure. Um, I, you have the distinction of being the first Latina and fully bilingual Sonoma County administrator that, yes. that the county's had. Yes. Could you give us a little background about yourself and how long you sure. lived in the county? Oh my goodness, I am. Uh, I'm so very proud to be Mexican, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so very lucky to uh, represent our Spanish-speaking community, because, as you can tell by my accent, Spanish is my first language. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with the county for almost 28 years mm. as a county uh, public servant. And uh, a little bit of my background is that even though I was born here at the county hospital, um, I was barely two years old with my, when my dad and mom decided to go back to Mexico. Mm. Um, I am a proud daughter of a Mexican worker that, you know, worked many years in the lumber mills out on the coast. Mm. And my mom um, was a cannery worker. I actually still live in the town where she used to work for years okay. before I was even part of her life. Mm. Um, so they decided to go back to Mexico. I feel very fortunate for that because I was really able to cement my bilingual mm-hmm. in my bicultural lifestyle, if you will. Because even though we were back in Mexico and all of our extended family had immigrated and established here in Sonoma County, Mm -hmm. I spent every summer here. So uh, the joke of my cousins who lived here 
was they would always say, oh, here come our Mexican cousins to visit. <laughs> and we're going to take them to the fair because they don't have fairs in Mexico. So um, it's, it's, it's a real honor to serve as your county administrator. But I am also very proud of being able to visualize for mm-hmm. our community members that, um, that we all have that opportunity. I've yeah. been with the county, like I said, for 28 years. I left the banking industry because I found myself one day, huh, well, I keep trying to tell people they need things that they don't really need <laughs> that because that's so that some small set of stakeholders can monetize can it, it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it didn't seem to really feel good as I was evolving into a professional and it didn't align with my values. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already had a couple of cousins who, because we're a very large Mexican family, you can just not turn the corner without finding one of us. I already had a couple of cousins that worked for the county and in just chatting with them, um, I said, what could a business degree really do for the county? And they're like, oh my gosh, you could do so many things. You can start in one department and move on to the other. There's so many opportunities. I'm like, eh, this is too good to be true. And uh, I started as an administrative trainee with the county. I so figured, you put your name in. They were had yeah, an opportunity for they, you, and, and right. In the trainee they, you know, program. they had an, uh, uh, you know, a competitive process. Uh-huh. It was an administrative trainee as an entry level for management uh-huh. positions. And then after that, just took off. I took. Um, I had finished. Also, the reason I was on this side of the border was because after completing my degree in accounting in Mexico and La Universidad Autónoma de Baja California. I, uh, it was during the time of NAFTA, mm. and I thought to myself, hmm, wouldn't mm. it be good to get a graduate program? And my mom was already back in Sonoma County helping my grandparents as they were aging. And I figured, yay, free room and board mm-hmm. and food, right? And I can go to Sonoma State Master's Fantastic. degree. So I attended the master's program in Sonoma State, and here we are, Yeah, almost 30 years later. Well, it it, it speaks to what what you've said in the past that, you know, you want to encourage and reach out to new segments of our, of our, of our County communities that, you know, there's, there's a place here for you that there's Absolutely. not a certain type of person we're trying to hire here. No. In, in what I want to also tell our Spanish speaking community and all of our immigrant communities is that you have to, you have to shed your knowledge of the countries that you come from. You need to know someone mm-hmm to get into the system, mm-hmm. that's absolutely not the case here, mm-hmm. right? It, uh, it's, it's an employer that has rules and guidance by which to attract the best talent, mm-hmm. and you put your best foot forward, you demonstrate your experience, and it could really worked out really well, and yeah. it has worked really well for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, in many cases, we are looking for people who are bilingual. We are, we 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 and have who have that lived experience in our community. Those are real assets for people coming in. Absolutely. I just met coming here uh, from the office to your office, and I stopped at Human Resources. I just met um, a new county employee that joined us three weeks ago, Marisa Aparicio, mm. and I'm so excited, Paul, because. You know how many times I had stopped in front of the bulletin board and seen some of our Spanish speakers there and just be confused what it is? Right. And I would say, what a trans. I have done it like two or three times where I have translated to people, you know, the words are big, but really, this is what it means. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can do that. And I, I hope we have been able to attract a lot more. 
Well, you've certainly served as a role model. I mean, you've risen to the top of the pyramid here in the county. You are the the top official here among an employee workforce of about 4,400 right. employees. Um, and you've been in this position for about a year now. Oh, right. uh, so, so I'd like you to ask you to, if you'd look back over your last year and, and what do you think has been some of your biggest achievements? I had uh, an advantage, right, being the assistant county administrator and uh, assisting our former county administrator, Cheryl Bratton. I got to learn a ton. Yeah, you had the inside so, knowledge. So uh, back to, to the opportunities that the county provides once you get into the system. And part of the achievements is, you know, having, you know, the quick ability to collaborate with departments to solve for quick things such as, you know, the shelter that we have here in the county center, mm. you know, uh, being able to collaborate with departments and find quick solutions for immediate needs especially because in the case of the unsheltered community, not only do we want to provide them services, but we also want to limit how much they create discomfort around communities with families. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that collaboration um, with the health department and the homeless division at the time, and very proud of the board's quick decision to to decide we need a solution. We may not know what all the future holds, yeah, yeah. but... We are going to create some solutions and the board is ready and stands, you know, um, trust departments and their staff to do the, to bring the right recommendations. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of currently all of our department heads are filled. We don't yeah, have any vacancies. We don't, know, yeah. we don't have any vacancies. I came on board and we probably had like three or four vacancies. We were able to recruit into that. So maybe it was self-serving, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I'm very excited that all of our positions, because we have very amazing leadership and uh, county's in good hands. So I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, I'm proud of, uh, of the achievement of filling the, the last few positions that that were open, but um, it's almost an achievement in it by itself to be mm-hmm. part of this team of very smart leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah. Well, the county has a lot of things. We've gone through a lot in the last six years, you know, in the fires and the pandemic yeah. and floods mm-hmm. and everything. But meanwhile, we have a lot of other business to take care of. And each year, it's a, it sometimes can be a challenging uh, juggling act on your part is like, how do we fit all this stuff in? Now, I, I bring that up because uh, in your first meeting of the year, the board, in addition to electing uh, Supervisor David Rabbit as, as chair and Supervisor Linda Hopkins as vice chair, mm-hmm. uh, the board started the year, and you helped them do this by approving what they call the calendar of significant items. Right. Um, the list is is was just finalized last week. What is the purpose of this whole exercise? I thank you for bringing that up, and um, it's it's a tool, mm-hmm. really. It's a it's a tool that we have had in place for about three years, and it's um, for folks that are listening or viewing this podcast. It at the beginning of the year, it's a tool that we intend to lay out all the the policy or program decisions that the world will be considering in that calendar year, Mm -hmm. which we anticipate will have significant public interest. Mm -hmm. So the tool does, um, in my mind, does three things. It provides the board a sense of the workload that each of these, as I said, very intelligent department heads have laid out in front of them, Mm -hmm. which is consistent with their own work plan. And so the board then gets to chime in and discern whether or not a certain priority or policy that they had hoped was going to be tackled, mm-hmm. 
then they can weigh in and say, well, what about this thing that is missing? So mm -hmm. it helps calibrate between staff and the board about the work in front of us. The second thing it does, and I think this is imperative, is to allow the public to see at the beginning of the year what's coming mm -hmm. so they can have enough time and information to choose to engage, mm -hmm. right? It's um, This is a tool that has helped us address the fact that oftentimes before the tool existed, we would have very meaty discussions and then the Brown Act requires you to put out the agenda and the materials, right. you know, 72 hours ahead. But we realize that's not enough for Times. folks yeah, for, to, to digest what's to, or going on. become an opportunity to engage. Yeah. yeah. And the third thing about the tool, and I find this more of an operational benefit, is that if something new comes up, for example, unanticipated disasters happen, then you know what are the things that are going to have to be deprioritized yeah. for the new priority to come in. Yeah. And so it gives us that tool to exchange that knowledge with the board and, and have us like a, a touchstone mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is what we intended to do. But now that we have this other thing, these other things are going to have to be delayed or deprioritized in some form. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one of the issues that I know uh, is a top priority of yours and has been in the in, in the press a lot, it concerns the uh, the vacancy, the staff vacancies the county's um, mm -hmm. facing. At the moment, the county's vacancy rate is around, at around 12 percent, when yep. it has traditionally been around 9 percent or mm -hmm. even lower. Um, what, what, what is the county uh, doing? What are your priorities and what the county is doing to address this issue? Well, you know, as you heard me say earlier in another question, I'm very proud that our department head positions are filled. Yeah. So, um, to your question of what the county is doing, you know, the uh, recent coverage, which I'm very grateful for, has clearly identified the number of strategies that um, have been working. Mm -hmm. We have as much as, you know, $30,000 to, you know, to recruit new people. Um, we have recently completed a very good um, three-year labor agreement mm -hmm. that allows for more than five or sometimes in some job classes up to like 12 or 14% annual increases. Mm -hmm. Um, the county continues to be an employer that has really generous benefits when it mm -hmm. comes to health, when it comes to retirement. And um, the other thing that we're doing is, you know, partnering with Sonoma State and Santa Rosa JC because mm -hmm. I truly believe that talent is already here mm -hmm. and they just need to know that they don't need to go to the corporate, mm -hmm. that they can just mm -hmm. come to the county, which is the largest employer, and come and join us because... Um, I also am very proud of our younger professionals because I think they're also looking for ways in which to make a career that ha that aligns with their values. Mm -hmm. And the more we can highlight how when you are a public employee, you're actually making the community you live better. Yeah. That I think should be very inspiring along with, you know, well compensated. Yeah. Well, I, I worked at Sonoma State for a time, as you know, and um, that was always one of the frustrations of how many of our graduates used to go find jobs in Southern California and they would leave the area. And they were, we, I, I wanted to do more about setting, you know, letting them know that career opportunities are right, right. here. You know, you came and to this beautiful And we even have area. some private entities here exactly. that are just, you know, yeah. successful as heck. We... Sonoma County, of course, you and I live here, mm -hmm. but it's it's pretty 
it's pretty magical. Yeah. We have forests, we have oceans, and we have all kinds of industries. We're not just one trick pony. Our economy has a lot of diversity. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of great people, too. I mean, uh, I, I, I've always been impressed by the quality of the people in this area and who work at the county. Yes. Um, so do you feel like the situation is improving? I mean, I think the numbers are showing that the vacancy rate is coming down a little. Is- I absolutely not only feel I know that it, the situation is improving. Um, I know in, in the recent analysis that Human Resources has provided is that we have increased the number of applicants that have come in into the pipeline, uh, which is a good thing. And, uh, you know, your listeners should, should understand that we're also very discerning of trying to find the best talent mm-hmm. to provide to the community. It's easy to fill vacancies if you're just, you know, if you have 10 or 15 candidates and you just like say, you know, mm-hmm. as long as we have candidates, we we'll just put them in. No, we're trying to be very judicious because we also want to make sure that we're giving opportunity to to bring more of our community representatives that we are look we are doing way better at sounding like Mm -hmm. me with an accent at sounding and looking like the community we serve and we are doing better the applications are better um uh today i was at the sheriff's office and attending a very neat uh program a music program for the inmates Mm. and i got to meet there was i got to meet at least three if not four Mm -hmm. new uh correctional officers that just joined us like three months ago and what did they get to see Music in the jail. Yeah, this is like through the Juilliard music program. Yeah. We had that in I our mean, newsletter. imagine being a yeah, new employee yeah. and you're like, oh, this is what we do. This yeah. is meaningful. <laughs> do we do this all the time? Right. This is meaningful work. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's supposed to be beautiful. In fact, we're going to have a special program on the podcast. Yeah, we're going to But just get imagine being list. a new recruit and like, yeah. oh, I get yeah. to take care of inmates who are actually are in programs that are going to better themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. You want to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the uh, the racial equity component because the, w- through our strategic plan, it one, that's one of the stated goals is to is to help make sure that um, we're not only doing a better job of representing all communities in our county, but that our workforce is reflects and looks something like our our community. And it's and we're not quite there yet, nope. but but we're making progress. Um, do you, do you feel like that? I mean, are there, I think- absolutely feel like that. You introduced mm-hmm. me as the first Latina County well, administrator. That's a start. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're definitely making progress. I would have not thought so. And not because, um, I don't think, I think we all like, also like to live in Sonoma County because there's so much vibrancy and, you know, cultural mixtures. Um, but you know, as a young, his Latina professional starting as a trainee, 28 years ago, I would have never. Yeah. I would have never. And, you know, as the time progressed, that part of being bicultural was seen as an asset. Yeah. And it was seen enough as an asset that others wanted to engage me and keep growing my career. So once you're in here, people will look for ways for you to succeed. Yeah. And, uh, And if we can bring more of our, you know, minority leaders into the fold, as you said, Um, the way in which our community will feel we're accessible will increase. Yeah. Well, and and there's a lot of barriers there, not just language barriers, but historic distrust that we we, we need to own up to and recognize and respect and trying to overcome. We encountered that a lot, obviously, during COVID and and, uh, 
and 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 yet it 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 we it takes time and it takes it, it takes, takes persistence time. and oftentimes not only historic distress of maybe what we have you know what our country has misstepped mm-hmm. um but sometimes, as I told you earlier, sometimes we grow up in another country and we believe substance to be a certain way. Yeah. You know, I would have never thought to be a county administrator right. for, for a government agency when I grew up in a country where corruption is really what you understand government to be. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that, that there's, there's a long road to go. Mm-hmm. And I think the county... Goodness, come on. I don't know of any other county that translates each and every board meeting. Mm-hmm. It's true. available in Spanish. Whether or not we have people listening, it's always available in Spanish for you to track it along. Mm-hmm. If you show up at the chambers, you and your team have come up with a great technology where people can put headphones and follow along and participate. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any other jurisdiction doing that. Yeah, We're translating most everything. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Well, in fact, I should point out, this would be a great opportunity to point out that we we, uh, we recognize that this podcast, Soco Chat, is in English, uh, but it is our goal to have a Spanish version of this. Super. So someday somebody will be in my spot speaking. You hear that, Gilbert? <laughs> we'll be speaking to you and, and interviewing you in Spanish. I can't and wait. so that's, that's in, our goal see, this year. English is my first language, so I'll be more confident yes. that time. No, no. We, we, we love it. Well, in, um, in fact, I want to talk about one particular program that you've been helping nurture. You've, you've helped develop and implement a process whereby county staff automatically review agenda items through a racial equity lens mm-hmm. um, before it's even allowed to move forward, before it even comes to an agenda. Would, would you help describe what that process sure. and what the goal is of that? Sure. It's um, under the leadership of the Office of Equity. Um, the county has identified a tool that is called the racial equity analysis tool. And as part of the significant items calendar that you were pointing out earlier today is the in the 2024 calendar, your listeners, when they go look at it, they're going to see asterisks for certain items that have been identified as definitely policy or program considerations that should be mm, that should be filtered through a racial equity analysis tool. And what that is, just to visualize it, is a tool that, again, was identified by our Office of Equity um, Director, Alegría de la Cruz, as a best practice. It's mm. a set of questions that is going to challenge the staffer developing this policy or program to say, did you consider all the stakeholders? Yeah. Do you have data from all the stakeholders and how they may or may not benefit from this program. Mm-hmm. It's not a muscle that has fully developed, mm-hmm. but uh, through our office and the county administrator, we see a, a, a policy discussion coming forward. And if it has been flagged for racial equity analysis, as you said before, we will make it pause enough to mm-hmm. make that as much as we can of those questions be addressed mm-hmm. so that we can be intentional in the way that we're designing some of these programs. Yeah, to just to make sure that we're reaching all the people that can benefit from this yeah. and and connecting with these in ways that are really meaningful to them where they right. where where they are. Yeah. And I'm telling you we're in the infancy, so yeah. I don't want to let yeah, your yeah. listeners No, but it's that an important first step. I mean, this is a We're learning it. Yeah. yeah. This this is a a, a real change that's it's going on. It's a real change. change. And and I just want to 
to, you know, expand on that because uh, I have had colleagues who feel very nervous about mm -hmm. applying it and applying it wrong. Mm -hmm. And my response is not applying it is what's wrong. Yeah. We don't have, you know, a cookie cutter Q&A that you need to respond. And maybe just discovering that there's things that you haven't covered because you don't have the data is enough to say that that racial equity analysis will, next time that program or policy comes forward, mm -hmm. have a way to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well said. So we only have a few more minutes here. I just want, but I want to give you time. What, what, what do you like most about your job? I'm oh, going to throw an open-ended yeah. question at you. You said it earlier. The people. Yeah. The people who choose to come and work for a public entity are people that, as I said earlier, are intensely invested in making their community better. And sometimes you cannot see it for every action that you do. Hmm. But I, I believe, I mean, come on, the disasters all the county employees were disaster service workers and they mm -hmm. jumped in and they took care of each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we thrive on doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We get tired of disasters. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We did not realize in 2017 that we were going to jump in like every oh year goodness. on, yeah. you know, on the spot, but, um, we're the best equipped to, to help the people that live in this community. So the thing I like the best about my job is the people and, the nerdy part that I like the most about my job is dealing with fiscal and numbers and budget. I will tell you that all day long. And the third thing I like about the current job at the county administrator's office is, in a way, the challenges, such mm -hmm. as the challenge of learning how to apply racial equity analysis mm -hmm. tools because we're growing together. It's the first time we've ever done this. Not only are we yeah. public servants that care, we are... You know, we are public servants that have opportunity to to evolve in our careers here as professionals. Mm -hmm. But we're public servants that are being put in a place and with the tools to build the muscles to evolve better as a society. Yeah. It's just a fantastic. Well, I can't help but think this is why you left the banking industry because they were trying to sell something. Yeah. But now you're really trying to connect with ways that help people right. where they what, what they really need, not right. just selling them a product. Regardless of whether or not a stakeholder group is going to get their yeah. you know their 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 monetized profits at the end of the day, that's right. not what that's about. Yeah, you come to work for the county of Sonoma, and it's about the value that you give to people, not yeah. the monetized value that you give to yeah small group of stakeholders. Okay, well now I have to ask you, what do you like least about your job? Not having enough time. Yeah, you. Yeah. I can see not that. having enough time, not not because I want to do it all, but because I like the people so much, I want to be, I want to avail more of myself mm -hmm. because I feel I bring so much institutional knowledge that I can help others succeed, mm -hmm. but there's only so much time yeah. and there's a very large county. Yeah. Believe you me, there's a big in need. my mornings, I always start my day by saying hi to everyone. I, if time was not an issue, I'd be saying hi to 4,400 employees every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would. I would. And, if, but if, then you'd talk to each of them and you'd never get anything done. Yeah, man, just learn their names. Well, you also need downtime. And I, so my question is, what do you do? And I know you're a big Golden State Warriors fan. <laughs> what, 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 still. What, still. <laughs> they're, they're frustrating right now. It's okay. But they're going to come testing, bring it together. They're testing there our resolve. There you go. 
What what else? Tell us more about what you like to do when you're we have downtime. Oh, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the coast and watch the waves crash. Mm. It's just it's just some of it's it reminds me of how beautiful our county is. Mm -hmm. To get to it, I have to go through a forest. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. And then I get there, and then you see this immense, vast, powerful body of water, you know? Mm. And then it makes you realize how, you know, how important it is that we we just appreciate where we live. Mm. We just appreciate that. It just really takes me to a different dimension of, like, knowing that it is important that I work, that I do, but I also reminding myself that there's a lot of work, so I just got to keep on focusing, like those waves mm -hmm. crashing at the right time, you know, in the right sequence. So just focusing on the best thing we can do right in front of us. Wow, that's well said. I think many of us can relate to that. Oh, yeah. I think it's a good reminder of what we love most about where we live. So It's beautiful. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Um, as a thank you, we'd like to, for, thank you for being one of our guests. We'd like to give you oh one goodness. of our SoCo mug. So beautiful. You, you've earned that. I love this logo. So, yeah. um, and to our listeners, we'd also like to give you a chance to win one of our SoCo Chat coffee mugs as well. Be the first to submit a correct answer to this week's trivia contest, and we'll make sure you receive one. Um, our question uh, this week is this. It's well known that cartoonist Charles Sparky Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, was a beloved resident of our community for more than 40 years. Our question is, almost every morning before starting work, Sparky visited a certain Sonoma County restaurant. What was the name of the restaurant and what was his usual order? If you know, email your answer to publicaffairs at sonoma-county.org. Once again, that's publicaffairs, one word, at sonoma-county.org. Be sure to include your phone number so we can let you know if you want. Also, if you have comments about this or any of our uh, segments on SoCo Chat or have a suggestion for a, few, for a topic for a future segment, please email at the same address, publicaffairs at sonoma-county.org. Thank you all, and we hope you continue to follow us. Uh, follow SoCo Chat on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and, of course, YouTube. We'll see you soon.